Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The podcast you are about to listen to contains spoilers. You have been warned. Hi there, my name is Rebecca. I just love to buy exclusive items through CouchCutter.com. Pick up the limited edition Dear God No Shirt designed by the director James Anthony Bickert. And coming soon, an exclusive line of limited edition Astron 6 shirts. Cool guys? More like hot guys. <laughs> and when the exclusive selection just isn't big enough, I buy all of my Amazon products through Couch Cutter's affiliate store. All items are ordered and fulfilled through Amazon, but I'm supporting the people that make shows like this possible. Mmm, my butthole's all drippy and wet now. Gotta go. Here are just a few of the things famous people say about the After Movie Diner podcast. Hello, I'm Dame Judy Dench, and when I'm not dusting the submarine, I'm listening to the After Movie Diner podcast. You know, for the film reviews. Hello, I'm Eric Stoltz, and when I'm not taking Uncle to the pictures, I'm listening to the After Movie Diner podcast for the interviews. Hello, I'm Lewis Gossett Jr., and when I'm not trampolining for peace, I'm listening to the After Movie Diner podcast for the music. Hello, Bernie Torpin here, and when I'm not undermining Venezuela, I'm listening to the After Movie Diner podcast for the guests. Hello, I'm Celia Emery Stunt Double, and when I'm not wanking for tumours, I'm listening to the After Movie Diner podcast for the comedy. Hi there, I'm Ali Sheedy, and when I'm not taking photographs of bricks, I'm listening to the After Movie Diner podcast, mostly for the pancakes. Yes, that's right. The award-winning After Movie Diner podcast is all things to all people. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podbean, Facebook, Twitter, and at www.aftermoviediner.com. Gentlemen, welcome to another Drunk on VHS. This is Mo, and with me today, I have got, I don't know, a couple of guys, you know, regular old Joes. I eat a lot of fiber. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, John, you totally fucking derailed me with that. Uh, So we've got uh, John Cross from the After Movie Diner coming back, and uh, with us for our first time is uh, Eric Martin, uh, who, if, if if I'm correct... Uh, I am popping his proverbial cherry. Indeed you are. <laughs> Loosen up that asshole, because here it comes. <laughs> Gallons of it. Gallons. <laughs> already. Already starting. That one's for Doug. <laughs> Doobie hobo style. 
So I figured I figured a pretty uh, actually um, that's a total lie. I didn't figure uh, Dave uh, from Couchcutter figured a really great topic to talk about would be uh, trauma. You know, uh, th- there's a lot of people who have some very strong opinions about about trauma, and I figured I'd, I'd get a couple of guys on who, you know, uh, Eric is a, a a pretty pretty hardcore trauma fan, and 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 John uh, knows who trauma is. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I am a I am a casual appreciator of their mission statement and a few of their films yeah exactly and i you know and i and i'm a and i'm a pretty big pretty big fan of theirs as well i mean so so i figured we'd we'd have a a, a chat about uh about uh lloyd kaufman's warship <laughs> it's actually from what i've heard from someone who actually worked for troma for a while it's more like a slave ship but anyway we'll go on <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk about that too, especially more recently. Uh, and well, let's let and that actually seems like a pretty great place to start. You know, like uh, you know, Troma just recently put out um, uh, Astron Six's Father's Day, and uh, the the blowback between the two of them uh, is is pretty pretty legendary at this point. To the point that I believe that Astron Six is actually in the process of making a documentary about how shitty it was to work with, with trauma about that. So what, what's your opinion on that? Just on the, like on what happened or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, do you think like, how true do you think it is? I mean, do you think that maybe they're blowing, you know, maybe they, they're just a little butthurt about it and, and blowing it a little bit out of proportion. Do you think it's right that they should be making a documentary about that? And maybe just, and not just like, I don't know, trying to, you know, fix the situation on their own end or. Or what? Yeah, but I, I don't, I'm not as well versed in it as I probably should be. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard, I listened to a podcast, you know, where they were talking, and like I heard Lloyd's little intro on the DVD, and it seems like they're both frustrated, but like not completely full of hate. Mm-hmm. But I have, I mean, I've heard other horror stories from other people that have worked for Troma. So yeah, I don't necessarily think they should spend all of their time making a documentary i'd rather have them make another movie personally well, that, well that's my that's my saying it's like i mean do you think that maybe they're they're just going a little too far here like maybe they're burning a bridge that they probably that they probably well, can't really afford to burn no just just fill me in very very quickly as right. to what what happened although i can sort of fill in the blanks but but let me know quickly what happened basically what basically what's happening is i mean and i and i don't know all the details of it myself but uh, but essentially what's what happened was that um that Astron Six made the film Father's Day, right. uh, which is which I'm not gonna lie is probably the best thing to come out of out of Troma in ages. Mm-hmm. Oh, hands hands down, hands down. I mean, just an an amazing film. Uh, I think anybody out there who who hasn't seen it yet should get on it because it's really, I mean, just an incredibly well made and and fun movie. Basically, what happened is is during the process, like I think, I think what kind of sparked it was that Troma said that they weren't going to do a release until like some certain date on it, but then that like Lloyd was like passing out like bootleg copies of it at some convention, and and it just sparked all the all this sort of bad blood, and I guess uh, there was the the working conditions weren't so great, you know. And, and did they make it for Troma, or did they make it and then Troma was handling it after that? No, no, I, no, I, no, no. I believe they made it for Troma. Okay, yeah, okay. right. And, and just the idea that you know, the idea that the Astron Six guys were basically being handed the wheel, you know, uh, you know, to go to move forward with Troma. It, it's just, it's just really, it, it's disheartening to me that that like that it doesn't seem to be working out between them because. Uh, uh, really, really uh, Astron Six was the best thing to happen to Troma, so it's very upsetting that uh, right because Troma's not doing so well financially, right? Or is that just something they're putting about? Uh, you never really know with these guys. Okay. You know, it's like it's like the money. The money's always there, but the money's not always there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of it's kind of one of those tough calls. But that's essentially what's happening. So there's. A lot of a, a lot of accusations going back and forth from both sides about like you know contracts being uh, not honored the way they should be or or and stuff like that. But I mean, really, uh, I, I I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how else to put it. But I mean, that's that's essentially what's what's happening. I mean, ultimately, you know, you have a bad creative partnership. You don't then like a bunch of spiteful children. You know, no offense, Astron Six, but you don't then go and make like a big documentary about it. Yeah, because really, it doesn't 
matter. Ult ultimately, I mean, and this is what I said in my thing at the beginning about being, you know, a casual appreciator of their mission statement. Ultimately, uh, a country like America or the world of film in general needs some something like trauma. Is it going to work perfectly? No. Is there going to be, you know, greed and selfishness and all the other things that go along with creativity and running a business and all the rest of it, especially when you're in competition with all these other distribution companies and much mm. bigger corporations. Um, no, of course not. It's not going to be perfect. And, you know, are there horror stories? Yes. And I've heard from someone who's worked firsthand who said, you know, fuck trauma. I won't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to discuss it. Like the time I worked there, it was terrible. You know, Lloyd Kaufman's an asshole. You know, I've, I've heard some really bad things about it. Uh, on the other side, though, you know, who has been putting out independent content or at least, you know, trying to generate independent film as continually and as successfully as some as in an outfit like Troma, uh, you know, no one else is doing that. And that, at the very least, needs to be appreciated and maintained. Um, it certainly doesn't need a documentary about it because, OK, you know, people at the top of a company are assholes. That's kind of universally accepted around the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether you work in a little corner store and a guy comes in and tells you to mop the floor more than four times, or whether you work for a corporation and they're just fucking dicks, you know. So <laughs> it and everything in between. Bosses just tend to be assholes and and there is a certain aspect of capitalism in this country where without wanting to get way too serious, but there's a certain aspect of it where um the society encourages a sort of selfish dickishness in order to kind of keep as much gold for yourself. And if if they didn't, they couldn't go on and produce these films. So it's a it's a sort of double-edged sword. I just don't think that, OK, sever your ties with them and go off and try and distribute your film elsewhere. But don't go overboard and start making a documentary and stuff. No one, no one really needs to lift the lid on trauma. You know what I mean? No one gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief that has to that has to come with with being a trauma fan, anyway. Right. You know, I mean, I think I think deep down inside, everybody kind of knows that 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 trauma are are piles of shit. <laughs> you know, but uh, um, well, yeah, all you have to do is watch any of the documentaries on like Toxie Four, exactly, Terror Firmer, exactly. I mean, it's going to happen. But yeah, so but it is but it but it is very disappointing, you know, to sit down and think, you know, fuck, you know, like the like the, the amount of work uh and, and quality work that could have come out of Troma, you know, with the with Astron 6 at the helm is it, it's it's disappointing to to see it end up going all in that direction, you know, it going all And that's parachute. but that's and that's their ultimate fuck you to him is mm. for them to take the success of Father's Day be able to trade off that with other distribution companies. Oh yeah. And and say to Lloyd, look, you know, you had your chance to work with us. We could have then taken Troma into the next decade with a bunch of great independent films that are hailed on blogs and websites and whatever as as, you know, the savior of Troma or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we could go ahead and do that and we have these ideas to do it. But you blew it. You treated us like shit our first time out. Fuck you, we're gonna go off to this distribution company or, or we're just going to distribute it ourselves online or whatever it is there's with the cachet that they've got from father's day because i've heard about it and obviously couch cutter runs a lot of information about it and people have talked about it online and stuff i haven't seen it but it's 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 a, a name of a movie that's out there now along with lots of others that 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 is one to watch one to go and see um they're going to get a lot of play from that and Lloyd's going to lose out, and that's his his fault. You don't need to then go pour salt in the wound. I don't think mm. it's I, just not classy. I agree with that. <laughs> I got very serious, Mo. You did. Sorry, so make, did. quick, make a dick joke. Um. <laughs> Doug's cock. <laughs> well, that's a that's a dick. That's a joke, right? Ha 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 ha. Wah wah. <laughs> It's a good thing Doug doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> Jill, right at the moment, is going, yes, but he's right, you know. <laughs> she she has the sixth sense that she knows what, when anybody is saying anything about Doug's penis. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's uh, just fucking with me right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 move back in time now. We've talked about the now. Let's talk about the then. Uh, what, Eric? What's your earliest experience with with trauma? What was the movie that got you into into trauma films to begin with? 
Uh, it would be Toxic Avenger, but uh, it was kind of an overall thing uh, back in the like eighties, nineties with mm-hmm. USA up all night, mm. and just you know all the trauma movies they would play. That was just what I did on weekend nights back then. Was you know sit in my room and watch whatever came on, and I remember Toxic Avenger being you know just blowing my mind at the time. I was <laughs> I couldn't have been more than like ten or eleven, and you know I mean it was edited. It was on USA. But even edited, but, it's still pretty, pretty oh, wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I went and rented the video um, at the video store down the road. And your morals have been corrupted ever since. Oh, they were corrupted long before that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think back of what mine was, because mine actually wasn't Toxic Avenger. Uh, I kind of came into movies a little bit later in life than most people. I mean, like, I, I, mean, I started watching movies when I was, like, seven. But, yeah. um, but, I mean, like, I really started watching movies when I was, like, 17. Uh, so, so I hadn't, you know, so, so basically as soon as I, uh, sort of discovered them, I kind of went crazy and kind of watched everything I could, uh, for, for months, you know, I think it was like me and my buddy, uh, uh, Brett <laughs> forgot his fucking name for a second there. Um, we, we, you know, basically like he worked at a video store, so he would just bring like six movies home on a, on a weekend and, and I would come over there on a Saturday and we'd just watch them all, you know, um, so I mean I remember I'm trying to think of what what the what the first one was though like what the big one was because I know it wasn't Toxic Avenger because we saw Toxic <laughs> Avenger like fourth. Sorry, Mo just said big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might have been Kabuki Man. I think it might have been Kabuki Man was the first was the first one because cause it had such a ridiculous title and such an such a, such an insane concept. I think it had the be- it had the best trailer. Sergeant Kabuki, the Kabuki Man, Man had the best trailer of, of any of them, I think. Sergeant Kabuki Man also has the best song, in my opinion, of any <laughs> of any Trobo Man. Like that Sergeant Kabuki Man. It's you know, it's it's just it's such such a great ridiculous song. It's actually my favorite and I think Possibly the most successful of the trauma films. Well, in my opinion, Toxic Event. Oh, you mean when you say successful, you mean like successful as a movie, not successful, successful yeah. for my personal taste yeah, yeah, in yeah. what I go for in, in films. Yeah, no, to- Toxic mm-hmm. Avenger is 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 great, and I understand why like everyone likes it. To me, it's it it veers too much on the side of Mel Brooks. A lot of the the stuff like Mel Brooks light, mm-hmm. like B movie Mel Brooks, which I I'm not a huge fan of it's mm-hmm. it if if anything it's it's the humor in the trauma films that i have an issue with <laughs> rather than the i because they already have ridiculous topics they don't need people looking at the camera and the sound effects going blue you know <laughs> they could they could do without that um because they already have these things that are funny inherently or weird inherently anyway but that's just my personal taste well that's um, a, that's a big that's a big aspect of like the trauma produced films um i mean i think I think a lot of the uh, trauma... yeah, I'm talking about Lloyd's sure, sense sure. Of humor in particular. Yeah. But a lot, a lot of the a lot of the trauma distributed films um, are, are very different. You know, very very sure. very odd sense of humor. I mean, always an odd sense of humor, but uh, not necessarily always so like Zucker Brothers. You know, or, or right. Mel Brooks. Well, the f- the first the first one I ever saw, I, I've spoken about. I think on the the Trances episode you and I did, Mo, that I had this awesome. And I know this sounds like a contradiction in terms, but we had this awesome blockbusters in my uni town because, yes, they had the walls and walls of whatever, the new movie that was out, but they had a bunch of back cat stuff. This was still, I suppose it was in the death rows of VHS. It was like in the late 90s, but mm-hmm. it was, they still had a ton of back cat stuff. Um, and it was one night we were looking for, okay, we're going to watch the most ridiculous B-movie thing we could find. And we found a nymphoid barbarian in Dinosaur Hell. That's such a so great that, film. It's, it's, right. I mean, it's a pile of shit, but it's such, it's, such a it's great what pile I had, of shit. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's one of the reasons I had a, an issue. I used to have more of an issue with trauma back when my sensibilities were more militant. <laughs> I used to have more of an issue with trauma because it was like these titles that were amazing, inventive titles that promised the earth yeah. and then ultimately would only ever disappoint you because they gave you fuck all. Like in Nymphoid Barbarian and Dinosaur Hell, she's neither nymphonic nor barbarian. And although there are dinosaurs, it's not particularly hellish. So, like, <laughs> the title is completely... But 
we sat down and watched it and were sort of like, okay, that's that's what it is, you know. Um, and then it was shopping around uh, again as sort of VHS was on its way out. There was this warehouse store in um, my hometown, a place called Guildford, that just seemed to, every week the warehouses were getting rid of their VHS and there was some with covers, some without covers, you know, some with just little hand-drawn stickers on them, whatever, and they were just selling them like a pound a piece, or, you know, what would be two bucks or whatever. Um, and there I saw Surf Nazis Must Die, without even knowing it was a trauma film, just it had written on it, like Surf yeah. Nazis Must Die. I was like, well, that's an awesome title. Um, but at the same time, I also picked up from that store Tromeo and Juliet and Sergeant Kabuki Man. Yeah. So, uh, And I had the big box of Sergeant Kabuki Man uh, yeah. with a really great cover and everything. Yeah, I was um, going to say, Surf, Surf, Nazi, Surf Nazis Must, Must Die is, is probably one of the best titles for one of the worst movies. Worst films, right. Yeah. And that, for the longest time, I associated Troma with Nymphoid Barbarian and Surf Nazis as mm. being like great titles, shitty fucking films. Now, you know what? You know what movie almost almost ruined Troma for me was uh, was I was a teenage TV terrorist. You know, because again, great fucking title. I mean, killer title. Yeah. It's one of the dullest, stupidest movies ever. I was just gonna say, uh, Rockabilly Vampire is the one that almost killed it for me. Yeah, see again. That's the one that made me, up until that point, if it had the Troma logo on it, I would watch it or buy it, yeah. um, you know, automatically. And I, I bought Rockabilly Vampire, I believe, from a Borders and brought it home, and it was painful. And that was when I kind of started to realize, like, the stuff they distributed necessarily wasn't on my to-watch list. But I've had, but I've had some pretty great experiences with their distributed stuff, though. Oh, I mean, there, there's exceptions. I'm not... Yeah. I mean, like, Definitely. like, uh, I mean, I own several of their distributed fl- flicks that are just amazing. Like Bloodhook, yeah, is, Bloodhook's great. It's crazy uh, fun. Uh, Hollywood Zap is is all sorts of fun. Uh, Club Life is one of my favorites. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, Club Life. It was put out. It was put out fr- by Trauma through Prism when oh, okay, when, when yeah. they were still working with them. Um, and like it never had, it hasn't had a DVD release. It's, it's strictly VHS. Uh, and just like why it, it hasn't gotten a second life in DVD is beyond me. I mean, I don't care cause I don't, I don't give a fuck about DVDs anyway, but, yeah, yeah. um, but well, I mean, Troma's distribution came back on my radar recently with Night Beast and Blood Boobs and Beast, the mm. Dondola double disc that yeah, they yeah. released, uh, which if, People haven't got it. I can't suggest it highly enough. I think that it's a it's a fantastic double disc because the documentary um, gives you all you need to sort of know about who Don Dola was. Yeah. And um, Night Beast is one of his best. It's not my personal favorite, but it's certainly one of one of his best, and certainly one that would ease you into you know his little corner of of indie filmmaking. Well, and also uh, both of those are available on YouTube. You know, because, they are now, yeah, yeah. yeah because been, yeah. Uh, because Troma did the incredibly nice thing of putting like I think it's like 150 or something yes. like 180 of their films uh, for free on YouTube to just watch. You know, yeah. and uh, and some of them are just fantastic. I mean, it's a lot of shit, a lot of shit. But uh, but you know, the, the, but if you dig through it, the gems are so worth it. And I think I think the Dollar stuff, um, well, those two in particular, uh, are are great. I mean, I haven't watched Night Beast yet, but I've definitely seen Blood Boobs and Beast, uh, yeah. and it's a great documentary, totally worth watching. But I mean, like the Stabilizer for free online, I mean, that's incredible. Mm. Um, you know, no, I mean, I, I mean, I was lucky because there's a lot of Dollar now online. His best one. Um, which is Blood Massacre, is because of the that film actually had distribution problems. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 uh, sort of annoying because uh, you really want, of all his films, it's the one that could stand quite happily shoulder to shoulder with any other eighties gore, you know, straight to VHS horror movie you can think of. Mm. Like it really is, you could really watch it, and it really is up there with. You know, uh, an Evil Dead two or a Bad Taste or so, like something like that. It's yeah, yeah. Of people's or whatever. It's up there, and um, the fact that it has such shitty distribution is a shame. Uh, but uh, which might change in the future because I think his son has just got the rights back, which is good news. But um, Blood Massacre, unfortunately, is not online anywhere. But it's good to see, you know, um, 
uh, Night Beast and, and a lot of his others, Galaxy Invader and stuff, available on YouTube and Hulu as well, I think. Night Beast was on Hulu before it was even on YouTube, I think. So what we're saying is go check out Don Doler. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, that's what I bring to this. If I'm going to talk about independent film in America, like that's my little corner. Baltimore is sort of what I know the most about. So. Baltimore is your home away from home away from home. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> what up, my Baltimore peeps? <laughs> One of the main cities I'd like to visit that I haven't. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, where are you out of, Eric? You're, I mean, you're a West Coast, right? Yeah, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For I mean, for me or John, it'd be. It's. I mean, it's a couple hours drive. You know, it's no. Yeah, it's, it's quick. <laughs> I mean, well, I think John could even just hop on the train and 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 go right there, right? Yeah, there's a commuter rail. There's the New Jersey Transit or whatever will take yeah. you down through uh, through New Jersey and into yeah into maryland i think yeah i've I've always wanted to i've always wanted to go down there and i mean like you know the the band keeps talking about doing shows in in baltimore and it's just it just nothing ever comes of it but i mean that's band life for you but um, it's an insanely thriving indie film business it, i mean yeah. it's insane how many movies are made there well it's i mean and and, and you got to give and you have to give a ton of credit to don doler you got to give a ton of credit to john waters i mean for for making that yeah. happen i mean it's definitely just, but I mean, even to this day, there's there's fifteen, twenty filmmakers that I could you know reel off that I that I know about from that area who are either doing web series or are doing indie film, whatever. And they're not just making like Don Dola ripoffs, Aliens in the Back Garden type yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they're actually making westerns. And uh, one of them did it was a really good idea was a, a slasher movie, which was a guy dressed as Abe Lincoln going through a high school on like President's <laughs> Day or whatever. There's some really, there's some really good things that aren't just. In fact, there's very few vampire, alien, Dondola ripoffs being made. People are trying to do stuff that's that's uh, a bit different. And in fact, I'm going to do, I'm going to cover one called Roulette on the After Movie Diner soon, which is about like a suicide cult. So. Mm, sorry, I keep derailing. Let's talk about trauma again. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I mean, think think of it as you know, independent film. That's fine. But we were talking, we were talking about the about the trauma distributed films. Let's let's talk about uh, our favorite of the of the because we talked about the worst. Let's talk about the best. What what's what's our favorite? What, like Eric, what's your favorite trauma distributed film? Um, I don't, that's hard. There's a few. Teenage Cat Girls and Heat is really high up for me. And I know I'm probably in the minority there, but I just have a lot of good memories with that uh, uh, Blood Hook, which was mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, recently, if it's true, the Taint, which is now becoming distributed by Droma. Yeah, I think I think um, it's I think it's pretty well in the bag already. You know, um, for them to be. Uh, for for them to be be distributed by by trauma and that and that's I mean I don't know if I if I don't know if I'd say that's my my favorite but the taint was really good it's oh yeah really really funny film I mean John have you had a chance to see that yet or no I haven't dude no no yeah, you, you, I don't even have a copy of it oh yeah I'll see I'll see if I can I'll see if I can get you a copy it's it's pretty it's pretty wild I mean it's it's Is a, it available for purchase or pro, yeah yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's yeah like, you can get it off their website I think it's like taintthemovie.com. Uh, I'd rather pay for it if I mean yeah yeah, yeah. I mean yeah I'll pay for it yeah 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 okay cool yeah, and I, got, and like, I think I think the... they're uh, I I believe they're they're selling it on VHS yeah that's what I was gonna say <laughs> I picked up the limited VHS they keep doing different runs of like different styles of VHS yeah one of the one of these days when I actually have money I'm gonna actually buy a legitimate copy of it but uh um yeah I was I was hooked up with it with a with a copy for a review for when I interviewed uh, Drew. Sure for it but yeah it's a it's a pretty wild movie Re- really inventive um really funny i mean like surprisingly funny and uh you know lot, lots of interesting really disgusting effects sorry dude go ahead Eric. oh sorry i keep cutting you guys off here with me and john you have to you have yes. to yeah uh, another one is in uh, my mouth. cannibal the musical <laughs> Oh yeah, Cannibal, Cannibal the musical. the musical. Yeah, which that is also another huge like kind of a stepping stone for me with trauma. Sure, because I found that at a like a it's like a comic shop that sold used VHS like back in the nineties, and I took it home and I you know it was like right right around the time South Park had started. I don't yeah. even think I had seen an episode yet. I hated and, South Park until I saw that movie. 
Really? Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand South Park at all. I'd watched the whole first season and I just I didn't really get it. I just didn't understand why it was funny, you yeah. know. And then and then I and then I saw that movie and I'm like fuck these guys are really funny and then i kind of went back and i watched the first season again and i'm like shit this is really funny (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that had a huge part for me just and i bought it because it had the trauma logo like i i didn't know who it was it was you know the old like black vhs that just said cannibal the musical like (laughs) trauma i mean i think if i remember correctly that's pretty much all it said on it i believe you're right see that was released in the uk a lot I think the f- almost the first three series or something of South Park had already come out. So when that came out, it was from the makers of South Park. You know, it was it was off the back of that. But uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't know I didn't know who the guys were. Um, it wasn't until after the fact, like I had watched the movie and then found out that it was that it was them. And I went ba- then I, that's when I went back and reexamined the series again because I I mean I was really like in the late '90s, like you know I think I think the show came out in like '97 or '98. Yeah, and, I was around there. Yeah, and I and I just like I was really against the whole idea of it. I didn't understand. In fact, I think I'd even written a song for my band that was against South Park. Um, <laughs> why I cared so much is beyond me. But uh, <laughs> dude, we were all more militant about ten years ago. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, yeah, I really was. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, but but yeah, so but I think I think uh, Cannibal. I'm mean, obviously not. I think I know Cannibal had a huge had a huge amount uh, to do with my with my coming back to the show um, and, yeah. and enjoying it more. But yeah, I mean, can't, what a spadoinkel movie. Oh yeah, no, I picked up the Tro Masterpiece edition last year and have rewatched it, and it's yeah, it still holds up. It's, nice, it's just excellent. And I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier. Easily, my favorite of the distributed films would be Combat Shock. Yeah, Combat Shock. Trauma. Combat Shock has a bit of a story behind it too, doesn't it? Or is that is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, um, it, it it also is released as American Nightmares. I know that like Troma like cut it a little bit and added like a bunch of war footage at the beginning. Yeah, well, like, but but I'm saying, did wasn't wasn't Combat Shock the one that Troma like essentially just stole? Like they basically just stole the movie. <laughs> Uh, I haven't heard that. Uh, it's just possible. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. You know, slanderous. I'm just. I. Because I, yeah, I, uh, I watched the documentary on the Tro Masterpiece edition, and yeah. I don't remember hearing anything about. I that. I might be thinking. I might be thinking of a different. Um, I might be thinking of a different movie. Yeah. But yeah, I think because I I, 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 uh, I there's a guy from Connecticut where I am who had written written a film and produced it and uh and basically uh he, he went to sell it to to trauma and i don't know if he had forgotten to 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 put a copyright on it or something yeah but they, yeah i think they basically just stole it from him oh yeah no i don't think that was this because combat shock was like you know early 80s yeah i think uh, that's but i think that's when it's that... from though i think it's i think it's one of the like the early early trauma films but i don't think it's combat shock i i, I, I it's not I'm, I'm not seeing anything uh in any write-up about combat shock that's mentioning all right yes. then it's then it's not combat shock but combat shock is from 1986 so it was certainly one of their earlier acquisitions yeah yeah um, it's just it's got that gritty new york like which i'm a huge fan of you know oh that trust me we all basket cadis yeah. the racer head even um but yeah. Anyway, that's that's easily my favorite of the distributed trauma films. Mm. John, do, no, you, it, do you have sorry. anything? Do you have anything in particular that I mean, like for the, the like the distributed ones that so that you would call like your favorite? Well, I mean, for me, I guess that has to be the Dola ones. Mm. Um, I guess that makes that, sense. That, that really kind of uh, strike me as, you know, I'm glad that he got at least for that film um, in business with Dola. I mean, I, you know, to some extent, now that. Uh, you know, I'm back into uh, you know I'm, I'm back into indie film and, and I'm into Dolo in such a big way. It would be great if uh, some of his films got the Troma DVD treatment because I think that one sure. of the things they do is they put out really good DVDs. You know, even if it's just Lloyd doing a, a a small little you know intro, or if it's Lloyd doing a bit of a documentary, or or if there's a if he gets someone together to do a commentary and whatever. But you know, both. Blood Boobs and Beast and Night Beast were given, uh, you know, commentaries and, uh, you know, deleted scenes and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, um, which which was really great. 
And it would, like I say, with stuff like Blood Massacre being out there and some, some other Dola ones that I know don't have distribution, it would, you know, you, you almost want to say, come on, like, release this because it really needs to be uh, seen more. But, that, I mean, that, that would be it for, um, you know, ones that they've distributed. What I would say about it is that you can off, obviously tell from the things that, that Lloyd has, has distributed or chosen to distribute. And, um, like I said, this kind of good mission statement like they have this strong good mission statement mm -hmm. that not only in the making of their own films where you know even if it's underneath all the you know tit gags and and gore effects and whatever um there's normally some form of social commentary albeit you know fairly blunt but at least it's putting it in there and then with the films he's chosen to distribute you know there was a time i think where troma was really a supporter and a provider of, of distribution for these like independent guys. And that was, you know, that's fantastic because you talk to any indie filmmaker, the one thing they can't get is distribution. Yeah. It's the one thing that hampers people the world over. In fact, the whole reason Britain doesn't really have a film industry is distribution. It's not so much that people aren't making movies, it's just distribution. And um, it's even harder now with five you know, conglomerate corporations own everything. <laughs> you know, it's even harder to get any fucking distribution. Yeah. And the the internet was meant to be this big saviour of that, and it's been around almost 20 years now, and it's not quite there yet. It's not actually happening. Um, much I, as we would like I think to there needs to be. It. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there needs to be some pretty radical changing of thought, you know, before before the internet can really do what it's supposed to be doing uh the problem is and you know and i gotta give uh dave a lot of credit because he i mean he you know he's recently wrote uh that open letter on couch cutter to you know to like the horror community and like the indie film community basically saying you know get up off your fucking asses and you know and 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 help you know like you're which i agree with yeah i agree 100 percent with you know and i and i you know i try you know, I mean, if not, if not through the purchasing, because I'm fucking poor as shit, but if not through the purchasing of films, at least through through doing the podcasts and promoting the fuck out of these movies, you know? Um, no, I often, like, once every other month, I'll put up messages over as many sites as I can or say it on the show. Yeah. Like, if you have a film, a web series, a short, an album, doesn't matter what it is... Mm -hmm. You know, let me know, and and I'll do as much as I can. Now I don't have a huge audience, but like I'll do as much as I can and put as much stuff out there as I can. You know. Yeah. Have you talked? Have you talked to the guys who do uh, Dead Kansas? No, no, I haven't. No, I I got sent something today from a from a couple of guys uh, who are who want me to talk about their. They've got a zombie comedy series web series. Yeah, this isn't but, a com this isn't a comedy series. It's actually pretty pretty yeah. pretty serious. But it's yeah, it's a zombie thing. It's called Dead Kansas. Uh, check it out. Check it out online. I mean, if if you like it, give you know contact the guy. I, th I think you might like it. I enjoyed it. Uh, sure. But it's it's like a serial sort of thing, and and I th I think only the first part is out now. It's supposed it's going to be five five parts total. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's one of the, one of those things. I mean, while while we're talking about you know promoting whatnot. Um, I, I definitely think that that's something worth checking out. Uh, yeah, it's called Dead Kansas. It's on YouTube. But I think, I mean, I said to, to Dave in response to that article, which I thought was an excellently written article, and, and you know, and I was, we were talking before the show about this. It's a surprisingly well-written article for such a mongoloid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Dave. I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> we joke, Dave. We, <laughs> we kid, we kid, but you're an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, no, kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. What, what, I'm, what I'm constantly searching for... Uh, in a lot of these things is is what I was talking about before the show is that I don't I just don't come across a lot of, of people with the sort of the enthusiasm the drive the passion the you know they just kind of well I made a film I'm going to go to festivals <laughs> exactly. and when that doesn't work out I'm going to go back to my parents' basement and kill myself <laughs> you know it, it's not like I'm not finding that's not true for everyone and please do no 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 yeah but uh, you know I I don't see like when I made my 
my film after uh, university or when you hear Doug talk about um, rock, paper, scissors. Which, thank God, know. he doesn't do anymore. <laughs> no, but at least when he talks about it, he's excited about it. He's got stories to tell you sure, about what sure. happened on it. You know, this is what... And that's exciting. Like, I get excited just thinking about it, and that's kind of what I want to hear about. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that there is... Um, all the equipment now is available at a relatively low cost. Like, if you wanted to sling together a camera and a computer you really could good enough to produce a let because i think tarantino was the guy who said buy a cheap video recorder camcorder and then film it in black and white because it looks as good as 16 mil black and white did well Um, i mean also uh i believe it was um coppola who had predicted that this was that this sort of shit was gonna happen you know like way back when he was doing uh like heart of darkness you know sure um he was you know he he had said you know soon enough you know every little every nine-year-old girl will have the means to to produce a film and it's not wrong i mean i i am do it on your phone for fuck's sake exactly and they have and and Cameras. Yeah, and directors have. Directors have filmed entire films on their phone. Yeah, and there it, was a zombie one that came out in England. I forget. It's just a guy's name. I, it's not Edmund because that's a Stuart Gordon movie, but it's something like that, like Eddie or something that's just was all shot on a phone. It's wild. But I mean, like, like I, but I am a poor. I am poor as fuck, and I know I've said that like six times now this episode. So, <laughs> so you know, on on the Potomatic page. Can you put some? Can you put some violin music under the <laughs> You know, um, I don't know why I just started humming the Jurassic Park theme, but sad you know, Hulk music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sad Hulk music. But um, you know, but but the fact is, is that is that you know, I in my current situation have the means to produce a good film if I wanted to sure. easily. You know. And the thing is, is you know, I think people the, – the reason why I don't think it's quite working just yet is that there are – first of all, there's far too much repetition of ideas. Oh, okay? yeah. Just because something is a fad doesn't mean – in fact, what indie films should be doing is not making tons of zombie films because zombie films are popular and trying to get zombie films distributed. No offense to anyone who's made a zombie film, but I'm just saying. Well, they're also easy. Right. I understood. They're also good effect showcases and all the rest of it. But they shouldn't be doing what is currently popular. They should be defining the trend that is coming. Without a doubt. So, so, um, you know, what they should be doing is they should be coming up with, uh, not original idea, but, but like forward-thinking ideas that are passionately produced. I don't care if your movie looks like shit and if it's got shit acting in it and, you know, if I see the... You know, the um, boom mic or whatever. Yeah, if yeah. I see the boom mic, or if I see like the shitty, silly putty you use to do a blood effect or whatever it is, I don't care about any of that. One of my favorite, like one of the things that upsets me most about the Evil Dead remake is he keeps saying, um, "Oh, in the first one you could see the hose pumping the blood out of the wound." I don't care yeah. if it's a cre- it, the Evil Dead is a great example because it's a good idea. It's simple. It's creatively and passionately produced, and that's all that matters. The acting is for shit. The plot is for shit. You know, <laughs> the production value was particularly low, and like you say, the effects are not are not um, polished. But it has creativity and and passion by the bucket load. Well, look at look at all of Peter Jackson's early films. Sure, definitely, definitely. You know? And you point to any successful independent film from the last 30, 40 years. And every single one of them has creativity and passion. What they don't have is necessarily production values or any of that other stuff. Yet what's interesting is now you have the possibility, you know, spend $1,000 on a, on a decent computer and another maybe eight to $1,000 on $800 to $1,000 on a camcorder. Mm-hmm. And you can, for a couple of grand and let's say an extra 500 to $1,000 for effects, you can go out and make something that you could project in a cinema and, and, and or even at that i mean you've got that you've got that computer you know already you know i mean say, wanted to if it, what i'm saying is yes of course you can distribute it on youtube or on no, that's on, not what i'm that's not what i'm saying i'm saying you know like but, you were saying or an extra couple of hundred bucks for effects i mean like 
if you have if you have a, a worthwhile computer already, you know, take the time to learn Adobe After Effects, you know, and and and, and do the effects yourself. So what I'm saying is I think that what happened was is that the market, because it became so easy to make it, the market got yeah. saturated, and it didn't necessarily get saturated with winning ideas. It got saturated with a bunch of people going, what's popular now? Okay, vampires and zombies. So exactly. let's just do a ton of that stuff. And the, the other problem, and not to sort of talk down about Father's Day and, and some, of, some of the ones that Couch Cutter uh, advertised a lot, because it's, it's all great, but there was also, since Grindhouse came out and since Tarantino kind of... Tarantino was also always making Grindhouse movies. He just came out and said it one day. Yeah. But ever since he came out and said it, Everyone is like, yeah, I'm going to make a movie that looks like the 70s and it's going to have bikers and tits in it and we're going to, like, make the film look all scratchy. Stop all of that now. (laughs) Like, you just need to start producing stuff that isn't something that either fucking Zack Snyder or Tarantino has already done and either succeeded or failed at. You need to start thinking outside the box. Make Make a fucking drama. Make a comedy. Make a fucking romantic. Do something that isn't what every other fucking game in town is doing and do it with passion and creativity. And I really think that's when we're going to see, you know, the, the new way forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you let me go and I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you you were you were creating an independent, passionate uh, <laughs> diatribe about something. You no, I, I'm I'm in a hundred percent agreement with what with what you said. Absolutely. One one more thing, and then I really want to let Eric talk about trauma, but <laughs> I feel like I've I've ruined it for him. But um, well, the Not one at all. <laughs> it's those two guys um, that you've now got in contact with as well, Mo, up in up in um, New England. Uh, in Massachusetts, huh? the Freaky Farley guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I loved Freaky Farley. I thought it was great. Now those guys, they're not doing it on sixteen mil anymore because it's way too expensive for them. But those guys, independently financed by him selling his, he wrote like thousands and thousands of songs. Mm-hmm. On the understanding, and he put them up on iTunes and CD Baby and a bunch of other things. On the understanding that if I just sell a handful of this, a thousand, like. One in every 500 is going to be good, right? So he sells his songs, and they get money from other places as well. But, like, they independently finance the films themselves. They made two features on um, uh, 16 mil that are full of fucking awesomely creative, weird, wonderful ideas. They're things you haven't seen before, although they're also instantly recognizable. Yeah. Um, And therefore, they're not alien to watch. But at the same time, they are new. Um, they put a lot of passion in it. It's, they're funny. They're weird. They don't rely on gory effects or tits or any of this other stuff. When they sent out the DVDs and also his albums, they look professional. The, the covers are incredibly well done. They come up with innovative marketing ideas and all sorts of stuff, and they're doing it all themselves. And from the three films that I've seen of theirs um, that they've done, the, each one of them is, you know, exactly what I think should be doing you know, lots of people should be doing. They should be doing something that isn't something I can walk into fucking Best Buy and pick up myself, you know. Um, it should be something that, that makes me think, fuck, if only there were, you know, more of this stuff out there. It's just, it's this, you know, you can't really touch it, but it's, it's um, or, or describe it very well, but it's just this funny, creativity, weird, wacky, wonderful thing. Je ne sais quoi. And they did it on 16 mil. Like, they put their money where their mouth was, and they, they fucking well-handed it. And, and good for them. It looked really good. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really... It's a, a Freaky Farley in particular, which is the only one I've seen so far, but they're sending me the other ones, um, which, is, which is also really incredibly nice when you think about it. I, I mean, all I did... All I did was watch Freaky Farley and mm-hmm. comment on it online. That's all I did. And then they got in contact with me and said, hey, we've got two other movies. If you want, we'll send you those as well. Yeah, they sent me both their first two movies, Freaky Farley and um, Murder, Marriage, and Monsters in Manch Vegas. Yeah, their first two movies. Uh, they sent me. Um, then when I went to do Don't Let the River Beast Get You, which is their new one, they sent me seven copies to to give away free on my show and to you know to have a copy myself. Um, and um, he just sent me today 
or yesterday rather, I got three of his albums. Each one has like 16 tracks on it. Wow. And they are professionally produced CDs with proper covers of barcodes, completely for free, he mailed them out to me. So I was like, I thought, okay, well, I went on their website and I was looking around at what I didn't have. And they, they did a, a Druid Gladiator clone was their first like little buyout movie mm-hmm. that they were selling for like 10 bucks and a T-shirt. So I picked up a Freaky Farley T-shirt and whatever, just to, like, just to give them some fucking money. Sure, was- sure. And um, <laughs> when he sent it back to me, he sent back a second T-shirt. He threw in a second T-shirt for free. Wow. And- uh, uh, they did a thing for the River Beast movie. One of the characters in it is a former athlete, mm-hmm. and um, they did a baseball card. And they sent me. They only did a, a run of fifty, but they sent me a limited edition baseball card with this character on and a free T-shirt. Yeah, I was going to say when I, I picked up. Um, speaking of, of you know low, bu- low budget individual, what I said, go watch these movies, support these guys because they're amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but recently a, a film called Deatherman came out and, and, you know, it's again, interesting concept, super low budget, uh, really looks really ridiculous. I haven't watched it yet, so I can't tell you if it's any good or not. We're going to do, we're going to cover it on, uh, on no budget nightmares at some point. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of holding off on, on outright watching it, but, but I, you know, but I, I mean, basically what, what had happened was, uh, I didn't even, a lot of the times I don't even think, to ask company, you know, to ask people if, if they could send me copies of films to, you know, for screeners and stuff. I just never think to do that. And um, so I bought the movie and I've whatever, how, however much it costed to whatever. Um, so so I got the movie. They sent a T-shirt as well, which I'm going to turn into a back patch because I can't, you know, it's a large. I can't wear a large and um, and uh, a pin and. Uh, a temporary tattoo. So I asked the guy, Bobby, the guy who made the film, I asked him, I said, I said, you know, how much I, I said, I got to know, I got to know how much it costs to get those temporary tattoos done, you know, because I'd love to do something like that for no budget nightmares. It seems like a really fun idea to just, you know, make them up and then just send them out to people, you know? And, and he laughed, he laughed at me and he goes, he goes, dude, man, those temporary tattoos cost me more than the movie did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that's that's hilarious. So I looked it up, and yeah, it's it's not it's not cheap. Temporary no. tattoos are not cheap. No, I mean I remember when I was going to do the um, when I went down to the Philly Comic Con, and I did I think it was like sixty bags, little Ziploc bags, and I did like a couple of badges, a couple of magnets, some postcards for the after movie diner, um, you know, just a little kind of thank you bag and I gave them out to people I interviewed and people I met and cosplayers and all the rest of it and I left a whole ton of stuff on a table they had there for business cards and things like that and uh, yeah that, that's not cheap either I mean you can get like business cards and stuff done on Vistaprint pretty pretty cheaply but apart from that uh, you yeah. know that stuff's expensive to produce but you know um, and I still have some of those things and I constantly put out on the, the Facebook page or whatever like Write in and join in on this competition, and I'll send you some after-movie diner goodies. And you know, um, people don't do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, well, that's the big, that's the hardest part with running with running a podcast is getting people to to give Contact. you any kind of fucking feedback. <laughs> like the other like the other day, I got I got probably my first piece of feedback for not first, but one of you know the first real pieces of feedback I've ever gotten for this show, and it's just like it like blew me away. I'm like, wow, somebody actually listened. Yeah, uh, well, it, it's weird because it's it's uh, it's it's like on Facebook. If you don't click like or if you don't comment, no one knows that they've you've seen their stuff. Yeah, yeah think of how many times someone puts up a photograph or someone puts up a song and you listen to it or you look at the photograph or you would do whatever without ever liking it or without ever saying you've looked at it or whatever whatever they don't know and yeah. it's the same as doing a podcast like you put the shit out there you can see that people are listening to it but you you don't know who how why what you know <laughs> no exactly um but i think i think john me and you have dominated this conversation too long i want to talk to to eric cuz yeah. we uh, we got about 10 minutes left so let's 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 take let's take our time here now and and talk to talk to eric and find out what's going on with him you know what's he what's he doing cuz you run your own website right yeah i do guts and grog 
So tell us about that. Uh, it started just kind of as a drunken joke almost and then just kind of took <laughs> All off. All the where... best ideas do. Yeah, I mean, essentially it started like 10 years ago when I was still living in Washington State. And we would do these uh, ridiculously long marathons. Like we did uh, 49 Days of Horror. Mm-hmm. Because um, it was a Friday the 13th till Halloween, and I mean, we would just watch horror movies and drink for, you know, 49 days, pretty much. <laughs> and we, like, this was when, you know, the internet was obviously around, but not as common. Sure. And we would all, like, re- you know, drunkenly write little comments on each movie, and we were going to put out a zine. And, of course, that never actually happened. But then when I moved down to Portland about four years ago, my roommate and I were drunk. I think we were watching Dead Girl. Nice. And I was telling him about that, and he's like, oh, we should, like, do the same thing but put them online. And so we did, and it just kind of – I started doing it, and I hadn't really written in years since high school, essentially. And I just kind of – you know, my first ones are pretty embarrassing to look back on now. <laughs> Because I've started taking it a little more serious, and you know, yeah. but uh, I mean they're entertaining, I guess. But it just kind of, t- you know, at first it was just like uh, once a week I would get drunk, watch a movie, and ramble about it, and then it just kind of grew from there to you know, articles and lists and reviews. And I've, uh, and- I was gonna say I found that my my review writing has gone full circle now. Um, I started doing reviews uh, on Facebook as like notes, you know, like back when notes, yeah, yeah. when notes on Facebook were a big thing. So yeah. I so I would write a note and it would be my my review and it'd be like a paragraph and you know. And now and then I started write I started my own blog um you know, wrote on that for a year or two and then uh, and then started writing for Daily Grindhouse um and then and then got really heavy with with no budget nightmares and stopped writing altogether. And now I find I'm back I'm back onto my my Facebook page, like the fan page for Drunk on VHS, where I and now I post all my reviews on there again, where it's just another again, it's just a paragraph, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I love it. I, 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 you know, I'm I'm so over the idea of actually like writing for a website or or writing in general. It's like I'd rather just I'd rather write like two lines and and yeah, you know. And is there any indie stuff, Eric, that's really like struck you in the last few years while yeah. you've been doing the reviews? Um, I mean, we've already talked about a couple being, you know, Father's Day and uh, The Taint were too high on my list, but also Dear God No. I enjoyed Dear God No. My my problem with Dear God No is that I just felt, you know, it just, it lagged at moments and just like the lag killed me. Like, like there were serious low points for me. But I thought overall, I mean, it's it's an interesting idea for a movie. It's fun. It's interesting, yeah. you know. Uh, but I just like my my other problem is I watched it back to back with Father's Day, and I watched. Yeah, Fa- I actually saw that post. Yeah, and I watched Father's Day first, and what a mistake! I should have watched Dear God No first. I probably would have been I probably would have been left with a better memory of it in my in my brain. Yeah, I went. I saw Dear God No in the theater. It played at this theater here in Portland. That's mm. like a little, basically a grindhouse. I mean, it's the we have a ton of like independent theaters here, which is nice. Yeah, Yale, there's one Yale in, shut all of ours down. Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, the one that it played at is like you know the dirtiest, the smallest. The screen's got like a hole in it, and it was perfect to see it in. And I didn't really know much. I had seen the trailer, I think, on Dread Central at some point. Uh-huh. And, and the trailer didn't really like. I liked the idea, but I didn't really like the trailer at all. But I was figured I'd go because it was playing at the theater, <laughs> and I uh, went with my friend and my sister, and it like we loved it. Like, uh, I think seeing it in that setting obviously helped, also. Sure. But I mean, I've watched it a good ten times since then, and it still holds up for me. Like, uh, there's just something about the humor that hits right i guess i i took it out to a friend's last week and we did a we did a triple feature of father's day the taint and dear god no and you know super fun uh another one to change subjects yeah in a completely different light is uh and i'll preface this with i generally don't really like found footage films pretty much since cannibal holocaust you know, it was kind of the last one I actually liked, but I got a screener for a movie called Hate Crime recently, mm. and that one blew me away. Um, it was very unique, very brutal. Uh, the editing in it was pretty brilliant. Nice, like 
almost Hitchcockian, like because hmm. it unlike all other found footage movies, it's actually in real time instead of, you know, for no reason, just cutting around like it actually is just someone filming for, you know, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it flows and, and it's really like the editing that he did was brilliant. Like cause you don't, you know, notice the cuts at all um and i don't want to give anything away so i can't really talk too much about it but no uh, no it's fine it's, we'll just we'll, we'll leave it at go see but, it or find it yeah it's i know it played polygrind recently and it's been it won a few awards there um it's been making the festival circuit so nice i, I uh, definitely recommend that one for especially fans of like subversive and just brutal cinema like have you seen uh the poughkeepsie tapes uh, yes, I have. Yes, I liked it. Uh, yeah, I liked that one. There was well, the reason I, I think I I think that the Poughkeepsie tapes is sort of the next phase of found footage films. Yeah, or at least I'd like to hope it is because I like the idea of them taking what was essentially like one of the you know August Underground films. Yeah, yeah, um, and putting it around a documentary. You know, like, uh, but they, but the problem is they have, they have to make the documentary real, you know, like they, like they can't, you know, like if, if it looks too fake, nobody's going to give a shit, you know, but I, that's the thing I really enjoyed about the Poughkeepsie tapes is that, is that the, the footage that they use really looks real, really looks, I mean, it's really brutal, really disturbing, uh, super creepy, which I enjoy. And then, but then it's wrapped around a documentary that also seems really real, um, and and it kind of leaves you at the end wondering, like, shit, did that actually happen? You know? Yeah, yeah. With a hate crime, I actually, like, ten minutes into watching it, uh, I found myself online making sure it was a movie. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't get like shocked easily, but. And I wouldn't say I was even shocked, but I actually questioned, like, did I get sent, like, a snuff film? Like, <laughs> there, there's some really good performances in it. Nice. There are a couple that aren't so good, and I figured it out once that happened. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but overall, it's great. But uh, anyway, what you're saying about Poughkeepsie tapes, uh, that always reminded me of uh, Jim Van Beber's The Manson Family. Sure, like the sure, way, sure. The way that it intertwined the documentary element with, you know, the footage. Uh, even though it was obviously a little different, and Manson Family didn't really come off like a documentary, but it had those interviews. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but yeah, uh, those are the only ones off the top of my head recently. I mean, I'm pretty excited for American Mary when it comes out, and, but I haven't seen it yet, obviously. But I think I think on that note, though, I think we uh, let's wrap this up. Why don't you guys? Uh, Tell everybody where they can, you know, see you, hear you, read you, all that jazz. Uh, why don't you go first, John? Okay. Well, you can find me on uh, Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash aftermoviediner or indeed just over at aftermoviediner.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, go indie film. <laughs> all right. Or on Twitter, I suppose, at aftermovie. Just type in aftermoviediner into Google. I'm there. <laughs> it's it's true. It is. <laughs> I was actually surprised. Like when I like I thought, oh, that's going to be a common thing. I won't be able to call the show that. Hmm. But literally, if you Google after movie diner, I'm the only game in town. Well, same thing with drunk on VHS. You know, nobody sure <laughs> nobody's used that. Um, and Eric, all right, uh, I'm on Facebook at uh, you know facebook.com uh, guts and grog or Twitter. I'm at Tromeric, and then uh, guts and grog reviews.blogspot.com, and then occasionally over at Couch Cutter. Boom. That's all right. <laughs> well, guys, it's been fun. It has. I'm sorry, I got all serious, dude. I no, 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 no. If, if there's, I, I feel like I got shrill. No, no. <laughs> trust me. If there's any subject that that should be seriously discussed, it's the future of independent film. Because frankly, that's the only place that anything good is going to come out of. True. Um, e- even the best, most original, you know, shit that Hollywood produces is still half that of, of of what can come out of uh of the independent circuit definitely, so definitely definitely and i can yeah. agree and I, I wanted to make sure like i will watch anything that someone like suggests to me 
they don't have to send me a free copy or whatever. A lot of people nowadays are doing online screeners. But I will watch anything that's put in front of me, and I, w- I won't judge. You know, if it's a zombie thing or a grindhouse thing, I, you know, my comments before were just to kind of shake people up and try and do something in a different genre. But, exactly. Um, I, you know, I watch anything that's sent to me and, or, or anything that people suggest to me or send me a link or send me a name of something or a website, whatever, and I'll go look at it and, and uh, you know, and if I like it or whatever, if I think, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and mention it and stuff. And, you know, I am completely hopeful that the, the way it's going at the moment, the rise of websites like Couch Cutter, the rise of websites like Daily Grindhouse, the podcasts that I know and love, the, 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 the websites... The, there, it feels that there's like a groundswell, and it feels like uh, something's coming. And I think that indie film and it's my cock. <laughs> it's your cock all over Doug's back. But, they, <laughs> but no, I, I honestly do feel hopeful for it. I do think the the internet and stuff and all this technology and things is going to yield something. And the way, the best way to look at it is that there are five corporations that run everything, and at the moment. You know, people like Sony and Canon and stuff are selling us this stuff and they want us to just consume it but never fucking use it. I, you know, Apple is the same PC where they just want us to buy shit and give them money. Well, how about you take that money that, you know, that you, uh, you, you buy the stuff, you take what you've got from these corporations and then start putting them out of business by making really good fucking content with their own stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm more than hopeful about it. I didn't want to come down on, a, like, a, 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 a doom-laden kind of grumpy person. <laughs> totally positive about it. Awesome. Perfect place to end. Good night, everybody. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's no pawn, yeah. yeah. Everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.